Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I am your host, Tamala Shaw. And today with us, we have author Joanne Fawcett. Joanne, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yes, I'm so grateful that you're here. Uh, We met on Podmatch. So talking about that. And, um, you know, we've met some, had some really good well, great matches, actually. So, okay. um, yes. so yeah, I'm so glad that, that they're there because if they weren't, I don't know if we got together. So this is good. I, I know this is great. <laughs> <laughs> so Joanne, tell us a little bit about you. <sighs> well, let's see. I live in Portland, Oregon. I'm formerly from California. I am a bookkeeper and I've been doing that for over 40 years. I have a grown daughter, three grandchildren from like 15 to 21 and I'm owned by two cats I love to read I love to knit I love to walk I love my daily walks and I've written one book and I'm working on book two and you know (laughs) isn't that fascinating it's all good yes it's just fascinating I, I completely love um first of all you're just a book lover Yes. And that just that's that that puts you in such a wonderful creative space. I'm a I'm a book, I'm a lover of books myself. I and read so a lot. What is, what's the name of this book? The first one is called Midlife Magic, and it's by my former married name, Joanne Richards. So it it's about how I I've been I've been married seven times, and it's in this book. It's about my childhood and the first six marriages and what went wrong and the red flags I didn't see soon enough and why I got kept getting married and um, and what I learned from each bad marriage. And then number mm-hmm. seven, when I wrote the book, we were getting along. And so it's about, you know, how we met and he happens to be in prison. So it's part of it is like what it's like to be married to a prison, prison, prisoner, mm-hmm. inmate. and. Um, and then thankfully he introduced me to some interesting subject matters that I, you know, love now, UFOs, fairies. I I already had been connected to spirit and ghosts and things like that. And, you know, magic is a part of my life. And so it was just, you know, I changed my life. I was a Mormon for 30 years. And then all of a sudden I decided I wasn't going to be one. And and um, so I, I've done a lot of changing and then he and I divorced earlier this year. So I'm doing a lot of changing again. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the second book that I'm working on is about narcissistic abuse, because that's okay. what I went through. Mm-hmm. And all of the other marriages had different kinds of abuse, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so I've I've learned a lot of hard lessons. And, you know, I, I don't I don't feel sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. I just keep going. And, you know, there you know, it's like I'm having fun and I'm enjoying life and hopefully get to retire in a year or so. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know, the, the beauty of it all is that you're still here, right? Yes. <laughs> still here to tell the experience, to yes. 
tell the world the story and how you came from here to here, right? Exactly. A lot of lessons, a lot of blessings and, you know, just all of those things. So, you know, all of it, I think it's amazing. I don't know if I know (laughs) anyone who's been married seven times, but that's seven very big lessons, right? Yes. Very big. And, you know, of course, like you said, there was certain abuse in the marriages and all of that, that had to have come from somewhere. Yes. You know, the, just the, 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 the dealing in the feeling it's okay. That came from somewhere. So you are in the process, I'm sure of healing that as well. Yes. Yes. That in I, itself, I, it makes it worth it. Well, you know, I know. I, you know yeah, what, it, one it seven, it's all lessons, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Now can we go on to the fun? <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough lessons for the book. Can we do the fun now? <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. We are definitely putting fun out in the atmosphere for you. Ex- you exactly. Yes. And I, I'm, I'm working on that as well. So, you know, yeah. my, my life is not total drudgery. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that at all. So, no. so tell us a bit about um, how you found yourself in these particular situations. Sure. And yeah, please. Thank you. Well, I grew up in the fifties and sixties and you grow up watching shows like leave it to beaver, Donna Reed, all, all the, you know, happy little family shows, which I loved, you know, that was great. And at the time, you know, when I was growing up, uh, my parents were together and, you know, except for we get in trouble and do, you know, it's like, so my dad was an alcoholic, but he wasn't like a mean drunk or anything. And nobody was getting hit. We sometimes got punished for things we didn't do that he actually did, you know, stupid little things around the house. But, you know, so in corporal punishment was a thing back in the 50s and 60s. And but my mom was able to be a stay at home mom, except for about a year when I was in middle school, and they separated for a while, and then they came back together. And so, you know, it, it wasn't all rosy and they did fight. So, and, you know, a lot of families have fighting and stuff, but um, it didn't seem horrific. And I, there was only that one time where I thought, well, are they going to get back together? And, you know, I, I, I'm not blame, but I point my beginning of being able to be a codependent at that particular time, because, you know, I watched my mom, you know, do whatever my dad said, basically, or, you know, it's like they it's funny because they um, would pay bills together every month. And I just thought, oh, good. Look at they're doing the finances together. That's all great. And years later, when my dad died and my mom had no clue how to pay a bill. And by then I'm a bookkeeper. I go, what what happened? You, you we, we watched you pay the bills. I was only allowed to put the check in the envelope. It's like, oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> So it she really had no clue what the reality was, yeah, right? You know, she, mm-hmm. I don't think she, she knew that they were in trouble until they had to sell a house and move to a different part of town, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think she was really kept in the loop until there were some serious issues. And I, I remember when my parents were separated and it was the holidays and I'm think I, I, I know my dad came around for Christmas I think it was like New Year's and I'm thinking, well, you know, this is pretty crappy. My mom's sitting here alone and it's New Year's and, you know, my dad should be home and they should be having fun. And he was off somewhere, who knows, you know, and, and I'm calling around different family friends trying to find my dad for my mom. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't tell me, it's like, I didn't even know where he lived. It's like, you know, he would come to see us 
but it's like they would not tell me where he lived or even give me his phone number because this mm. was way before cell phones. And mm. I was just devastated. And I sat there on the couch and cried with my mom. And I'm, you know, 12, 13. It's like you you shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. And trying to fix you know, it. You want to make it better. I, yeah. I, you know, I'm the middle child and I'm mm. a fixer and I'm yeah. a people pleaser and I'm the good grades and, you know, all that. And so fast forward, I had joined the Murmur Church and, you know, you, you want the, the forever family, you want all the babies and, you know, that's why you get married and you just assume that if you meet somebody you get along with, that's a member of the church, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no. You know, it's like that lesson number one for all of them. It's like, you have to be able to talk about the hard stuff and the important stuff, even if it's not yeah. hard, but the important stuff. Yes, right. you go to church, but you know, are we really going to pray every day? And, and are, how are we going to raise our kids? And how are we going to do this? And how are we going to do that? And it's like, it's like, we didn't do that. I didn't really do much of that with each of the husbands. It's like crazy. Five of them were Mormons and they were the five worst ones. <laughs> five out of the seven were Mormons. And I met my daughter's father at a church activity because his sister and brother-in-law, sister, yeah, sister and his brother-in-law, they were Mormons. So they brought him to my activity thinking, well, if he just meets and marries a nice Mormon girl, all his problems will be over. Okay. It didn't stop him from being an alcoholic. It didn't stop him from taking those pills he was addicted to because of his injury in the Navy. And, you know, as a Mormon wife, you, you, the husband is the head of the house. You're supposed to be equal partners, but that's usually not how it is. It's like, okay, you're trying to, you know, let the man lead, whether they're doing a good job or not. And then with the, the second one, it's like, go buy me some alcohol on your way home from work. It's like, excuse me. <laughs> I'm a Mormon. I've never been inside a liquor store, <laughs> but I did it. You know, I went into the liquor store and bought him the alcohol because I became a codependent and I, now I'm pregnant with this kid. And it's like, so of course, you know, I need to do what's going to keep him happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's so weird because you just keep trying to make the person happy, even if they're not trying to make you happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you do what the man says because they're the head of the household even though they're not doing a great job and you might be making more money than them. And, um, you know, it's like I had one husband, he, he did delivery of like milk products, you know, ice cream, you know, butter, milk, whatever he drove around and delivered that stuff. And I've, you know, I'm still a bookkeeper. I, the only time I took off was, you know, like birth to five years when I had my daughter. And then I, I went back to work when she started kindergarten and, it's like, well, you know, you don't have a real job because you're not doing physical labor. It's like, I'm a bookkeeper. I'm thinking. I'm using my brain. You know, it's like, and I never, th idea. yeah, thankfully, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say, and I make more money than you. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I've often made more money than the husband. It's like, you know, it's crazy. Um, so it's just, you know, it's it's the people pleasing. Even though, you know, I've had my mom would say, "Don't marry him." It's like, why? It's like, don't, I don't like him. It's like, oh, well, you don't know anything. <laughs> and and my minister would say, you know, I've heard some things about him. You probably shouldn't marry him. Oh, no, we're getting along fine. You know, I haven't seen any of that. I wasn't good at listening, apparently, to what <laughs> the smarter people were saying. So, yeah. It, but, you know, sometimes what happens is you 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 date or marry the same person, but with a different face. 
Exactly. That's, that's exactly what, what I did. Because <laughs> exactly, I, I wanted to, you know, by the time I had my daughter, I wanted to have this little family unit and this happy little family. I wanted her to have a dad figure. And, you know, she's reminded me more than once. It's like her best male role model is her uncle, my my sister's husband. And they've been married now over 50 years. So it's like, you know, he, he's a great guy and he can do everything and everybody likes him. And, you know, he was always a hard worker and, you know, they've, you know, they've made it last for 50 years. And, you know, my daughter reminds me, yeah, you know, all I needed was uncle Norm. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was good. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Oh, God, I wish you would have said that a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, and it's, it, it's crazy, but um, yeah, it, it was weird. And I, I wasn't standing up for myself. So I was just constantly trying to please them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when number, well, when number five, you know, it's like he, he wanted to invest some money and cause he thought it was a great scheme, you know, and that's what it was a scheme. And I was in charge of somebody's managing somebody's money. And I said, eh, she doesn't really want us to invest in this kind of thing. Oh no, it'll be fine. Like, okay, here you go. And it all got lost. And so yeah. now I'm stuck paying her, that person back. Mm. And, uh, but you know, I wanted to please him and I wanted to believe him and I wanted to hold him up as yeah. this smart financial guy. And I was like, no, that didn't work. Yeah. So and, when did and, you go ahead? I'm no, no, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and even with, with number seven, the guy in prison, um, you know, now I look back on, I just thought, oh, this guy is smart and funny and educated and so different than the other guys. And, but it turned in, and, and I did, I enjoyed our visits for the most part. We didn't really argue. There were only a couple of times where I saw some meanness coming through, but it was like my whole life, you know, now you sit back and it's like, okay, I'm visiting him every week, unless he's way far away. And I'm working to support us and pay for his house that you know he inherited from his parents and now i'm and it's in a nice neighborhood and it costs a lot of money and it's like i'm you know just it's a money pit suck sucking house (laughs) and and so and i'm working and i'm taking care of the house and the property for a while till she passed i was taking care of his mom and my whole life was revolved around him and his needs and yes, I saw my family a few times a year. So, but everything we revolved around him. And as long as I did that, we were fine. So how did you meet him? I have to know. Uh, my my roommate at one point is married to somebody in prison. If she still is, I don't know. And she came home from visiting one day and said, oh, you know, I met this friend of my husband's. He's really smart. He's your age. And he was visiting his, this mom. I thought, well, smart would be a new kind of boyfriend for me. So it's like, I, I'd be interested in meeting him. And I'd already been to visit people at prison. So that wasn't scary. And um, so we started writing and we were getting along really well. And then a couple months passed and I was approved to visit him. And on a Thanksgiving weekend where I was up at my mom's and my family's, it's like, oh, I got to cut my weekend short. I'm going to go meet this guy in person in prison. What? And they knew I was dating somebody. <laughs> I just hadn't spilled the beans about the prison part. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, my mom about fell through the roof, but um, she got over it. Um And so, you know, we courted for five years and it was just constant visiting, 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 you know, and we got married five years later and we were married for 20 years. 
almost 21. Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad that you (laughs) said that because of course, nowadays you have all of these shows on TV that, you know, I married an inmate or I mean, you know, and it's, you meet someone and three months later, you're married and you're, it only lasts for a year. Right. But you literally (laughs) dated him for five years and you guys were together. You said for 20. Right. So we've been together. We were together like 25 years. Yeah. Was he in prison the whole time? Whole time. The whole time. time. Whole time. He was there when I met him. He's still there when I divorced him. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's very interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay. And and probably if he had gotten out, we wouldn't have stayed together. Because again, it's, it's all about him. Right. So that's what I was going to say. So did this one feel different? Did that marriage feel different than the other? Because of course the other people there in your face, you're pleasing constantly, right? Not saying that you weren't with him, but this is me. And I was, yeah. You know, you're, you're pleasing constantly because they're in your, in their, in your face. So you feel like you have to give that immediate um, satisfaction, I guess I'll say. Um, Where with him, you know, you, you would think you would have kind of a break in between because you're just talking. You, you did, but I was I still, work. I was working and I was helping him with, I was researching for his writing projects and things like that. And even he was, he did, he was military intelligence when he was in the military before prison. And so he did some really cool things with UFOs and things like that. And I, I was going around, he would, he would tell me certain things and I was going around speaking on his behalf at different conferences. So yeah, that's where, yeah. And, but again, as long as I was working on his projects and keeping up and, you know, trying to support his ideas about, you know, we'll fix up the house this way or, or, you know, buy these things, you know, not now that they're just sitting around like these tchotchkes. And it's like, it felt fine because I still, you know, like my daughter lived out of state. So it wasn't like I was going to see her every day anyway. And I would see my sister like for major holidays and -hmm. sometimes during the year. So I didn't feel feel that put out until now I'm in my sixties. I'm still putting out a lot of money for this house. How am I going to retire? It's like, dude, you know, we need to start having a plan. And we always hoped and dreamed that he would get out. I don't think he ever will. Now things just don't, we were hoping that certain laws would get passed in California that would make it so that life without parole, people could get out or start having parole hearings. And I just don't, that just keeps getting, you know, dumped. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but it was like, oh, I have money and I'll take care of you when I get out. It's like, okay, great. And okay, could now, could we start thinking about, I'm in my sixties. Can we start thinking about this? And I started, you know, as then as I, I realized that my needs are not getting met on many right. levels. And, right. and um, I just, I started with the simple thing. Can we have a plan? Mm-hmm. And then nothing happened. And then COVID happened. And then we couldn't visit for a whole year. And then I decided to move to where my daughter lives so I could be around somebody during COVID. Mm-hmm. And he blew up because we didn't have the chance to really talk it through. He just thought I was leaving him and, uh, you know, it was, it was a major mess. And so for the next three years, it was this roller coaster ride of you were leaving me. You left me, you left my house. I go, well, I left a caretaker there. Well, that kind of, you know, blew up in our face anyway. Um, so all these things we tried to like get people in there to take care of the house that kind of blew up. But this roller coaster is like, okay, let's calm down. Let's try to be nice, you know, but 
but then I, I would start bringing up things like, well, these are some of the things that my needs are not getting met. Could you tell me why you like me? Could you tell me why you love me? Why did you marry me? A man should not have to tell his wife that. It's like, excuse me? Wow. <laughs> she should just know that he does because he's still with you. <laughs> like, okay. Um, I don't agree. And so he, he is a truly a narcissist. And if you don't agree, then you're the one that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you're not following his agenda, you're the one that's wrong. And you might as well just get out of the way. And it's like, I, I wrote the book and it's like, at first he said it was nice, but then it's like, well, uh, you wrote your book and turned your back on my needs. Like, excuse me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you started your business in my house and turned your back on my needs. It's like oh. my, my business was paying for your needs, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and a loving wife should be grateful that her husband has given her this nice house in this nice neighborhood. I go, there aren't any other prison wives in this nice neighborhood. You have to have like an income three times what I make to live in this neighborhood. And I'm, you know, I'm, I do well, but it's not enough. Yeah. And if there's any other prison wives in this County, they live in that part of town. No offense. They don't live here, mm -hmm. you know, so he just didn't get it. And he, um, he thought I should be grateful to live in this old house that was falling apart that he only remembered from being a child oh. and or a young adult because he'd been in prison he's been in prison well over 30 years almost 40 years mm -hmm. by now so you know yes i i get how special his house is to him but it's really nothing like what it was when he was alive i mean when and, he was you know, you know out of prison so and it just became this roller coaster about you yeah it's, it's yeah it's and point, you know right? i and... i started i was letting the leo out i i was starting to stand up for myself and he didn't like it you know and i would i would be so bold as to say you know you're not always right oh i'm always right you know it's like nobody ever disagrees with my solutions i go well i do <laughs> no 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 and <laughs> you know there was one letter where it was like because he kept, I would just start, keep bringing up these things. And yes, I did get cranky. And sometimes the letters go missing. So I kept repeating myself. So I'm sure that was just poking the bear, you know, and um, he didn't like that because I didn't know what he was getting. And mm -hmm. so then he, I'm having to repeat my answers. I go, well, I'm not getting all your letters. What can I say? Um, so it just, it became a real battle over the last three years and it, it was hard. And he said a lot of mean things, which I kept, and now they're going in the book. And, you know, here's all these perfect examples of what a narcissist sounds like. And it's a lot of gaslighting and it's a lot of bullying. And it's a lot of, you You say that I'm wrong, but I know you're wrong. It's like, mm -hmm. dude, what happened to compromise in a marriage? Well, he doesn't, I don't think he knows that word <laughs> and he does not know the word humility, uh, but he, he agrees to that, you know, humility, the word humility is not in his vocabulary. Mm. Um, and he has admitted he's extremely selfish, but you know, the last time I saw him in person in April, he's like, well, I, I said, you know, you said some mean things. I don't remember that. It's like, well, I have the letters to prove it. <laughs> you know, I've got your text to prove it. It's like, I'm, yeah. you know, what can I say? So, <laughs> so Definitely. It looks like you decided to make Joanne number one, right? And yes. having boundaries. Yes. And boundaries are good. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, you know, I always tell people that when you have a lack of boundaries and then you start having boundaries, it makes the bear 
growl. It right? does. It's like and coming he, out of hibernation. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm pretty Ooh. sure I, this book is going to be so phenomenal because I don't think that people realize that when you deal with a narcissist, it's in the mind, right? right? So a lot of people may feel as though he was in prison. So why did you have to deal with that? Right. But it's in the mind. It's, it's manipulation. To, it, yes. it doesn't matter whether the person is in front of you, whether they live out of the country or whether they're in prison, it's all, you know, it's all the same. Um, yes. So the book is going to be fantastic. Thank I am you. Sure. It's been very healing, you know, and it's like, sure. and, and I, I don't go at it to like, make him look like a monster you know I don't call him and you know I never called him any names mm-hmm. um you know we didn't really cuss each other out all the time you know it was like it was and and you couldn't we were never fighting openly in a visit mm-hmm. you know because he didn't want to be embarrassed so you know and the couple times where I was just disagreeing with him or I said something wrong you know he wouldn't let me leave the room to go cry in the other room, like in the bathroom, because he didn't want to be embarrassed. He didn't want to have anybody see that we were having trouble. You know, we were June Cleaver <laughs> and Mr. Yeah. Cleaver. You know, we yeah. were this happy couple. And mo- a lot of the times we were until we weren't. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, things aren't exactly how they should be. You know, so it's you've like, got to be able yeah. to talk situations through, right? And if he's unwilling to talk yeah. it through to get to a good place, then yeah. well and it's like i i'm thinking it's like what how much did he really tell me what how much was truth and how much was lies and i can't spend a lot of time on that because like certain people in my family just don't believe a word he's ever said about anything because i was never allowed to meet his family because they live overseas you know supposedly he had adequate resources to take care of us but i wasn't allowed to see any of that money i saw 500 dollars in 20 years to help fix one hole in the roof it's like, well, I put, you know, I paid this much, dude. And, you know, he just thought that a loving wife should be okay with paying, you know, putting up with a little upkeep is how he said. <laughs> putting up with a little upkeep. You know, a little upkeep of the house. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh you got a hundred year old house and things keep falling apart. You know? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to get any better. So well, when was- you decided to start your healing process, what steps did you take? I got a therapist. I found one in my neighborhood who she had her sign out and she specializes in people suffering from narcissistic abuse. I go, oh, that, that's what I've been dealing with, isn't it? So it was just a sign. You know, I see the signs like literally oh, the sign. <laughs> yeah, I, that's who I need to talk to. I get I do self-care. I get monthly massages. I take pretty much almost daily walks. And my communing with nature is just like meditation for me. And I get inspiration. I get grounded. I love it. I set intentions. I have a gratitude practice. You know, I live close to my daughter. So I'm still seeing the therapist, even though I'm starting to wean myself off because it's been three years and I'm in today, you know, I just started today and it's like, you're doing so good. I go, yeah. It's like, so now I can't, let's put it out till January. We'll check in in January, but you know, but, and, and the writing has been very healing. So, you know, and being on all these podcasts is helping the process because I can talk about it. And, you know, 
I didn't come out with, to him and say, I'm writing a book about you, you SOB. But somehow he knows. And it's like, she, you're writing a scathing book. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Well, yeah. You're <laughs> well, right. I'm not sorry. Yes, it's scathing. And I'm using my real name. Does it have your name in it? No, I've changed everybody's names. Right. I don't even say the name of the prison you're at. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I'm trying to keep it as love, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm doing all the right things so that you can't sue me, even though you can't anyway, because it's all true. And I've got quotes from your letters. <laughs> right. But I think that's wonderful that you're willing to be transparent yeah. because it's so many people out there that are dealing what you're, you, that you're healing from. Right. Yes. They're and I didn't know in the middle of it. Oh my gosh. I did not know it was such a huge common thing until I started bringing it up. And I, 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 I listened to, publishing related you know summits and things like that and tell people this is what i'm going to we were going to oh yeah that's an important topic right now it's like oh okay you know so i i know i'm on the right track i know there's people out there who hopefully can gain some benefit from the lessons i learned so that they don't have to do it or maybe that will have courage to get up and leave if they need to absolutely you and know? you know i've 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 had a few podcasts about people who dealt with not with Lord <laughs> get it together, Tamala, with narcissism. <laughs> and um, it has been it, like every story is a little bit different, right? But yet, you know, the same. There's and I mean, elements, I, yeah, absolutely. I've interviewed people from you know the U.S., from Hong Kong, from Australia. Oh, wow. I mean, just it's all over it's all around so you being very transparent and letting people know that if you're dealing with this that there is a way out that there is, is. you know and happiness to come right yes and the narcissist could be your parent your partner your kid your sibling your mm -hmm. friend so you know especially if it's your kid you can't necessarily walk away from that relationship but, you know, therapy helps and setting boundaries and taking care of yourself and standing up for yourself. You know, you don't, it's like, you need to tell that person, you can't talk to me like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You, know? you cannot absolutely. talk to me like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, you know, I've, I've had a few people say that they had to completely stop talking to that person because mm -hmm. they are always trying to manipulate always always, yeah. always they are always on they are yes. never really on, right <laughs> yes you know they know how to reel you back in they know how to you know they know because of your um because of how your actions are they know what to do to get exactly you what they you know what they get you to do what they what they want you to do geez that was hard for me to, and to it's say. it's strange because i know that if we'd met in high school i would i would have never been his type you know, I would have never yeah. been his type. And, you know, he just saw a sucker. I mean, we, you know, we did have fun and he's got some good qualities. You know, he mm -hmm. is a military hero. I give him all that, but, um, you know, there's the reason why, <laughs> yeah. you know, he just is, he's, he's not meant to be, you know, he, you know, he thought he should be wanted to be married long. You know, he acted like he wanted to be married long-term, but again, you've got to play by his rules and, you know, well, you know, his favorite quote, well, my thought is as if everything he thinks of is the perfect way to do things. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't see it like that. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I would tell him, you know, towards the end of our relationship, I'd say, oh, you'll, you'll like these last, it's like, I would say, you know, I'm an amazing person. 
and he would roll his eyes. And then, you know, the last few years before COVID hit, we started having what's called family visits. So you get like a couple days in a little apartment, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's like, okay, why? And again, this is like one of our, I think our last, one of our last visits, like, you know, why don't you want to kiss me more? Or it's like, why don't you want to be more affectionate? Like you should have tried to be prettier. It's like, oh, oh, dude. Okay. I'm so out of here now. (laughs) It's like, I may be overweight, but I'm not ugly. (laughs) You've been with me for 25 years, you know? Goodness. Does that tell you why I was there? You know, I should have tried to be prettier. (laughs) Okay. Well, Joanne, what's the name of the book? The new one. The new one is called The Prince Was Wrong. (laughs) Because his nickname is the Prince, and he thinks he's very entitled anyway. Um, and well, I might have a subtitle wrong. about breaking the chains of narcissistic abuse. I'm sure because they're not going to know what it's about with that. Right, but it's called. It's going to be called yeah. "The Prince Was Wrong" by Joanne Fawcett. And um, yeah. So and the, the buy, where, when will it be published? What are my new goal? We've I've set a goal with one of my mentors for a June launch next year. So I'm almost done writing the first draft, but um, if people want to start emailing me at Joanne, at I got my new email. I'll pretty soon we'll have a website and I can start collecting their emails and keep them up to Absolutely. date on the progress. Cause That's I'm excellent. working it with the Burt coach. I already know my editor. I have an illustrator, so That's it's wonderful. all good. Excellent. But for right now, they can come get the Midlife Magic. And where can they get that book? They can. And that's on my website or or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the normal online platforms have it. Excellent. Excellent. I'm sorry. It seems like my internet just went a little bit unstable. So uh, I apologize for that. But I will make sure that I put all of that in the show notes. Thank you. So that Great. people can definitely um, be able to get it. And I am looking forward to The Prince Was <laughs> Wrong, for sure. <laughs> and I can't and wait. boy, was he. <laughs> oh, boy, was he. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it should be called The Prince yes. Had a Lot of Audacity. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just thinks he's perfect is the problem. So. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, Joanne, this has been fantastic. Oh, thank and you so much for having me. For sure. I ask all of my guests, if you could tell the audience one thing, let's say there's somebody out there that is sitting with a narcissist as we speak, (laughs) what would you say to them? (laughs) If they're still there, I would say get a therapist and start standing up for yourself, but get a therapist and start standing. So it's about taking care of yourself, even if you can't leave, but there's ways to take care of yourself to deal with it. You know, if you can leave, get the heck out of Dodge. But, you know, if you can't definitely at least get a therapist, you you, you don't have, you don't have to deal with it on your own. And eventually I'm going to have some kind of group or whatever, or some kind of support system Mm -hmm. for women who are going through this. Yes. That sounds phenomenal. And when you do, please make sure you tell me. I will. Because we can have you on again. We okay. can talk about how you're doing it and all of that. Get that in the show notes because I am big on community. Oh, good. And Me too. I think that you having, you know, a community for people that 
just don't know where to go, don't know what to do, or just need somebody to be able to vent to. Right. You know, right. Just have people that understand that can uplift yeah. them. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try. I'm not a therapist. So I'm not even going to, not even going to pretend about that, but I can offer support and I can offer support. Absolute community. It's yeah, community. exactly. That is phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for everything that you do, everything that you're putting out into the world. Thank That's you. So you wonderful. too. You're thank doing you. valuable work yourself with your podcast. You. I appreciate yeah. that. Sure. Oh, so again, I want to thank you for being my guest today. And I want to thank the audience for logging in because I know that there's a lot of podcasts out there and you could have chose them, but you chose us. So thank you. (laughs) And I want to remind my audience that you matter and your story matters. And until next time, have a wonderful day. Bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time, so thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me, and check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.